God has something very special for you today. Put something on my heart, especially with what we see happening around us in our country and in the world. There's, there seems like there's struggle everywhere we look, and probably even in our own lives. Uh, it's all over social media. In fact, there's. Did you hear that uh, Facebook? YouTube and Twitter are all shutting down, forming a new platform, and they're calling it UTwitFace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are all like, no way. You probably should. So the Lord has given me a message for you, and the way you respond is up to you. There's uh, two different ways you can, uh, more, than, more than one way that you can respond, but uh, as you get the message, as the Lord speaks to you, it's going to be different for each one of you, because there is a call that he's, that he's put on my heart and a call that goes out. He wants, he wants to help you see things the way he sees. And so when you're in your situation, he wants you to see it through his eyes, not just your own eyes, not just through the eyes of whatever struggle you've been uh, experiencing. Sometimes I feel like the, the messages that God gives me are, they're, they're like, I, he gives me these heavy messages. It feels like, like I, I need to poke people and, and pull people up. So I I want to uh, I want to give you the freedom to respond. However, what whatever's in your heart, be honest with it, because I, I'm not worried about whether you're offended or not. Because it, it, it's okay. Deal with that. If there's an offense that you feel, deal with it, because there's something in there that's that's causing that somewhere that God wants to speak to you, wants to minister to you. Sometimes it feels offensive. Sometimes it feels like, oh, I don't want to hear that. And he did that with me, actually, uh, just last night. Part of what uh, he had put on my heart. And he said, let me do it. Let me speak. And, and so I, I want to invite you to be honest with yourself. Be honest with the Lord. Uh, we've all seen the roadside preachers. Uh, you know, they've got their sandwich board or their megaphone and, and and we, we can kind of look at them and condemn them, or maybe you've even done that. But most of the time, the, the attitude we would have is like, come on, really? Like, what, do you, are you, what are you accomplishing? But I, I got to say, at least they're out there. What are you doing? I, I, mean, I mean it. I mean it. And I ask myself the same question. What do I what do I do to advance the kingdom? What what is it that God has put on my heart? Give them credit for being out there and for doing something. There was an Amish preacher and his Baptist friend. They were standing by the side of the road holding up a sign that reads, "The end is near. Turn around before it's too late." A passing driver yells, "You guys are nuts!" And he speeds past them. 
From around the curve, they hear screeching tires and a big splash. The Amish man turns to his friend and says, You think we should just put up a sign that says, Breach out instead? <laughs> At least they were trying. I may not be quite like that this morning, but I do have a call for today and for you, and this call is to awaken the sons of God. And don't worry, this, this means women as well. There's a whole understanding in the kingdom of, of what it means to be a son of God. And there, there's, there's no gender relation to that. It is a child of God. So uh, this is a call to all of us to awaken. We need to walk in a true biblical view of who we are. This is an identity question. This is, this is really going into the Word of God and seeing ourselves. We look into the Word of God, and it is a mirror. We read it, and we go, now, that's a description uh, of me? Yes, it is. It's a description of you and how God has empowered you to live your life. There's a purpose that every one of us has. Uh, I believe, truly, that we are in the greatest awakening the world has ever seen. There has never been a time. There's been major shakings. There's been major events that have happened in the world. But there has not been a time that the world has so closely been interacting with each other. Communication is a big key. Uh, even the domination of, of financial institutions and things like that, that this has been uh, amazing to see how the entire world has, has been suffering through an attack. And this is, there's been a bioterrorist attack. There's been a, a, something that, regardless of whether you believe it was an actual country that did this or just the devil himself, it doesn't matter. This is an attack on the health of the world, and it is to bring fear. The point of it is to bring people into subjection and to cower underneath it. But we don't do that. There are true believers taking the word of God seriously right now, and they're seeing their lives transformed. The greatest awakening is happening, not just this massive revival in, in, in a huge stadium, although there are those things beginning to happen as well, but it's happening in our hearts individually. We're waking up in our hearts and we're saying, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Something's not right about it. And we sense it. We sense the awakening. You sense it, I sense it. In fact, even all of the election stuff, this is a perfect time. Here we are. This is the 17th. And I want to encourage you guys to be here tomorrow night. There's something about standing for the truth right before the inauguration. Be here tomorrow night. Uh, the, all of the things that have gone on to... to cause us to fear, cause us to question and, and wonder what's happening, what's going on. There's a goal behind it, and it is to take your confidence away from God. It is to take your confidence and your, your vision and view away from Him and onto the circumstances and onto the things that can distract us and pull our hearts away. Because really, it's what's in your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issue of life. There are many countries seeing the children of God revealed, and they are walking in power and authority over their circumstances. 
I see it week by week. I hear it. I don't actually see it, but I, I, it's audio uh, that I preach in other countries. And so I'm, I'm watching them take authority and seeing it happen, seeing transformation happen. They are waking up as well, not just America. This is happening all over the world. Now, everyone's eyes are on America. They really are because there is a call. America it has a specific call for morality and truth in the advancement of the gospel. There has never been a country in the history of the world that has been given a message and a mission like America. Now, we can look all through history. This is the only country that has the mission and the foundation of the the founding fathers who gathered in 1787 and they, they were in a stuffy old building and they refused to open the windows. It was in July and they sat with the word of God and they said, let's write something that can govern this country. All summer long, they wrote the Constitution. They even spread sand real uh, deep on the cobblestone so they wouldn't be disturbed by the horses' hooves and the wheels. They went into the chambers and they worked on it and they spent hours in prayer. That's our foundation. The message of the gospel around the world has been spread because of America. It's not that it didn't come from other countries as well, major revivals in Wales and in, in European countries, but uh, the, the message, the united message of the gospel spreading around the world happened when America became a country. We have a mission. And it is from God. And it is to be a moral and righteous people. We are not called to be pacifists and to be just sitting and hiding in our prosperity. We are, to be, we are called to be uh, advancing the truth, advancing the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for so much more than just keeping people from going to hell. That's such a basic message. Not that it's not true, but it doesn't tell the whole story. You get saved, you're born again, you, you go to heaven. But he came to give us life now and life abundantly. He came to give victorious living. He came to give eternal life now. He died for the privilege of revealing himself. And he died for the privilege of revealing his glory in people, in me and in you. See, we, as we behold ourselves in the mirror of the, of the word of God, we are being changed from glory to glory. We are being changed from His glory to glory. As His glory, as I stare at His glory, His glory comes out of my face. When I'm looking at you, when I'm speaking, we are being changed from glory to glory. I'm going to read, uh, actually I'm going to give you a little bit of a, of a heads up. I have a lot of verses today. So, I'm going to try and, uh, Liz is going to try and put them up. I'm just going to go through them from verse to verse because as the Lord speaks to me, he does that. He speaks in verses. And he doesn't, he doesn't slow down sometimes. He just goes, he says this, 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 and this, 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 this. And it's word for word verses all over the place. And he has this entire dialogue with me that is a lot of verses. So, I'm going to just try to, I'm going to say what it is. If you want to turn to it, you can. If not, we can give you the whole list. It's not that many, but I just don't want to stop and, okay, everybody find your verse. Uh, the, the issue or the question of glorifying ourselves or glorifying God. 
Jesus died so that his glory would be revealed in us. When we shirk that, when we, when we back up and we hide, we are worried about our glory being compromised. There's two glories going on. When I stand here and I say, this is what we did. We prayed for my friend and we saved his life. That's not my glory. I have to be willing to say what happened. I have to be willing to say what we did. There's a lot of things that the Lord has done specifically through me that if I don't say it, it's because I'm afraid of my glory. I don't want anyone to think I'm lifting up my glory. Who gives a rip? Tell them what the Lord did. Tell the goodness of God. I don't say the stories that I say just so you think I'm awesome. I say the stories so you go, I can do that too. It's to encourage you. It's to strengthen you. It's to, to lift you up and for you to say, wait, if he's a son of God and he does these things and I'm a son of God and I can do these things. Why do we hear all and read all of the stories in the word of God? Those were normal people and they made big mistakes. You go, well, I, 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 I think I've, I'm probably disqualified. Just, just look at David. You've, you're not disqualified. Look at a lot of men in the Bible. In fact, if I look at even just the, the mercy of God all the way through it, and he took these men who were like, they had so many problems, even Abraham. Abraham gets to uh, a foreign country, and he says, oh, uh, here, you can have my wife. Just, just let me alone. What a jerk. And he did it twice. But he, he was the friend of God, and he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present, present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I want to say this, the glory which shall be revealed in us progressively. This is not just sometime, somewhere, off in the future, when all things are perfect and right, there will be glory. This is the glory which shall be revealed in us day by day by day as we walk more in tune and in line with him. As we keep our eyes fixed on him, the glory, his glory is revealed in us. This is progressively. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Last two words of that, that whole section of scripture. We are to be revealed now. This is not revealing of the sons of God sometime. Now. Now. The whole creation groans and travails with birth pangs together until now. The creation, everything in the universe is waiting for the sons of God to, to be revealed, to, 
allow the glory of God to be revealed in us, to stand in the face of evil and say, no, I'm a son of God and you don't get through me. Why? Jesus is in me. The Spirit of God is in me. If he's in you, he can't, the enemy can't get through you if you have the Spirit of God in you, unless you believe the enemy is more powerful than the Spirit of God in you. So I want you to think about that. Uh, this is the time for the glorious liberty of the children of God. There is liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. There's freedom. There's abundance. There's joy. So what is our role in this time of struggle and world shift? We are to display the joy of God. We are to comfort. We're to go to our neighbors and we're to lift them up. We're to go and stand in the face of evil and say, not on my watch. We are to be showing the glorious liberty of the children of God. This is the best time to be alive. This is amazing. We are called for this time. And we need to wake up. And we need to stand. To do nothing is to do something. We can't just do nothing. We've been doing nothing for decades. And the world shows it. Not that nothing has happened, but as a general corporate group of the sons of God, most of us have been asleep. Most of us have been comfortable in our prosperity. So whatever the Lord's putting on your heart, I want you to keep track of it. There's specific things he's speaking to each one of you. You need to take the limits off of God by taking the limits off of yourself. You realize the limits you put on yourself are limits that you put on God. He can't operate beyond your belief. You have to have the belief that can allow him to do what he said he will do. He said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. When, when you are operating the power of the Holy Spirit, people will be drawn to you because they are drawn to the Spirit of God in you. People will come to you and say, I don't know why I'm asking this, but can you help me with something? And you say, I know why you're asking. They go, why? Because it's Jesus. Jesus. Now, I don't have what it takes by myself, but come here. I'll help you because we'll help you. I'll take it to him. See, we have everything that we need for life and godliness. We don't need to go anywhere and get something. We have all of it in us. The kingdom of heaven is within us. Everything we need is in us because he's in us. We need to walk upright and boldly in the face of opposition. And we are getting opposition. And if I can say this without freaking anybody out, it's only begun. Do not fear. Stand full of joy. Have a smile on your face and say no. No, thank you. No, because that's not right. Stand, be bold and upright in the face of opposition. There are so many things happening trying to shut down the voices of truth. We are the voices of truth. If we just cower and hide and hope it's okay and hide in our, in our nice houses with freezers full of food, we die that way. There's a death that happens, and it's not a good one. We are to live boldly and upright because we don't have to provide for ourselves. The Lord does that. 
When we're afraid, it's because we think he's not quite enough, and we trust our own provision. And he says, trust me, walk straight into it. Walk straight into it. Do not fear. There's, there's a, a lot of stories of people that have done this exact thing, and they've seen the miraculous power of God because they were willing to do what he said. It's not just go and make a statement. Anybody can do that. But when he tells you, you do it, no matter what. It's your love and your freedom which demonstrates the same way that Jesus walked on the earth as the firstborn son of God. That's how he walked. And he, he stood in front of the religious leaders and he said, you, you brood of snakes, you sons of Satan. <laughs> That's pretty bold. Are we willing to actually have the, the guts to say what the truth is in a situation like that? If our goal is simply to divide and to, and to cause division and, and fighting, then we will be missing it. But there will be times where it rises up in your heart and the, and the Lord says, this is what I'm saying. Stand and do what he says. Be the voice. He also met the woman caught in adultery. And he loved her and said nothing and wrote in the, in the sand and waited. And he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And he waited and waited until they all left. And he lifted her up gently. And he said, where are your accusers, woman? And she said, there are none. And he said, I don't condemn you either. It's okay. Go and sin no more. And he sent her off with love, with peace, with, with freedom. Same man. Same man. We are to walk in that gentleness and in that power. It's all wrapped up together. It's not just, you, you can't just have one type of action that just applies to everything because a smoking flax he will not quench and a bruised reed he will not crush. He protects things and, he, and he, 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 he brings it to life. And when something comes against it, he stands in the face of it and he stops it. So we, tomorrow night when we're here, we are praying for the hand of God to move to save our country. It is up to us. It is up to us to stand in the power of the Lord, not up to a man. And believe me, I am all for President Trump. There's, there's so many people that can watch this uh, later and say, oh, you, you said the president's name. Of course I did. Look at what all the good things he has done. Is he perfect? Absolutely not, but neither am I. So let's stand for truth. If there's anything that he's done more than, more than anyone else in my lifetime, it is to stand for truth. So let's stand for truth. Now, regardless of what happens to our current president, regardless of what happens, let's just say in a few days, it does not change who I am. It does not change who you are. It does not change our role. It may just accentuate your role. You may have more to do. There's 45 to 50 million Americans who are born again and voted for Trump. Great. There's another 35 to 40 million people who want right things. They want the truth. They want morality and righteousness, and they're not born again. Let's go talk to them. 
There's 35 to 40 million Trump supporters who are not born again. It's low-hanging fruit. I just heard Lance Walnaut say this, and he's like, listen, guys, regardless, there is an awakening happening. There are people who are saying, no more are we going to let evil run rampant in our country. No. No. And this is, there's so many platforms and like the, the little joke about YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. And that so many uh, organizations that are trying to come against the voice of truth. They're trying to stop it because they're afraid of it. Because the voice of truth will expose them. We are to walk as children of the light. So let your light shine. In 1 John 1.5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So think about that. I want you to keep this verse in the back of your mind. The rest of, of this morning and however long the Lord keeps it in your mind. God is light and in him is no darkness. Envision that. Close your eyes if you need to. See him as light with no darkness in him at all. John 15.4 says, and this was Jesus saying, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So don't go out and just try to do your own thing. I'm just going to go make a difference and I'm going to... Eh, no. No, then you make a mess. I wanted to go to the Capitol on the 6th. <laughs> I wanted to go. I wanted to do something. I don't know what, what I'm talking about. Nothing specific, but I wanted to be there because this is, this is my country. This is stuff happening in my country. And the Lord said, ew. Because he knew I'd get in my own strength and I'd get in, in places I shouldn't be. Just because I'm bold enough to do it and dumb enough to do it. So, uh, but it's okay. He doesn't come against me. He says, no, the time will come. It's okay for you to do and for you to be bold. But this time, you stay home. And he said, you fast the whole time. And you stand for truth from home. So I was there. I was there in the spirit. I was praying. But I was not there with my physical body. Because I could have got myself in trouble. So... How do we abide in him? 1 John 4, 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Verse 16, And we have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. How many times do we have to hear this same abiding in God, God in him, abiding in God, God in him, we are one. We are connected. It's hard for people that have, especially if we've grown up in a religious environment where we say, God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-controlling one. And we think he's, he's somewhere like uh, manipulating every situation and making everything happen. He doesn't do that. He lives and he moves and he works in the lives of men, through the lives of men. He works in your life through me. He works in my life through you. He does not control us. 
If he was controlling, he's doing a terrible job. And he's a dictator, if that's the case. Because he is a, he's a good king. So he is the sovereign lord. He's the, he's the leader, the ruler, but he leads and rules by the laws he's put in place. And by his spirit, he's put into us. That's why we're here. To bring him into the situation. And to, and to operate in, in liberty and freedom and joy. To bring answers to the problems. In 1 John 1.5, we read, God is light. In the last verses that we read, uh, it says, God is love. So, think of it this way. God is love, and God is light. He's through and through each one of those things. There is no darkness at all. In fact, we could say, God is light with no darkness. God is life with no death. God is love with no hate. So, using the opposites and saying that, Think of it this way. In your spirit, there is light with no darkness. There is life with no death. There is love with no hate. If the Spirit of God is in you, that is what is in you. But what fruit is evident in your life? Are you filled with light or with darkness? Are you consumed by love or troubled by hate? Don't even hate the enemy. the, the people, let's say. Don't hate the people. You can hate the devil all you want, I don't care. But don't hate the people. Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He loved them. He loved them. I had a dream about Biden. And, and he, was, he was asking the Lord for his soul. He was asking the Lord. So I'm praying for him. Not just him. I'm praying for all of the people that have been deceived into thinking that they can manipulate and control things and it work out good. It will not work out good. It will be terrible for them. But I'm not praying that terrible things come to them. I'm praying that they, are, that they repent and that they come to the Lord because the Lord has already forgiven them. Jesus died to forgive them. 2,000 years ago they were forgiven. So we should not condemn them. We should love them. We stand against them if we love them. If there's evil that is happening, we stand against the evil. But we do not hate the person. Are you drawing on God's eternal life in your body? Or does sickness have an upper hand with you? I'm not asking this to condemn you. I'm not trying to point a finger at you. I'm asking. Let's be honest. Let's talk about it. In side of your spirit is pure life. It's impossible for any death to be there. If the Spirit of God is there, now if you're not born again, we need to talk. Don't leave this place until you have pure life inside of you. Because that life brings life to your mortal body. Uh, remember, the fruits of the Spirit. This, this is really, when I'm talking about what are your fruits, the fruits of the Spirit are given to us because the Spirit of God is given to us. So Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he's basically saying, our life comes from the Spirit. The true 
empowering that we have comes from the Spirit. But if that's the case, let us also walk in the Spirit with our physical bodies. Let's walk in freedom from sickness. Let's walk into other people's lives and give them freedom from it. It's not all about sickness. It's all about everything that is in uh, putting people into bondage. We are there to give life to them. The whole creation groans and, and, and is in birth pangs, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God to bring liberty to them, to bring life to them, to bring the answers that they haven't, haven't been able to find. We are to comfort hurting people. And especially in this time when everyone is, there's been so much fear with, with sickness, for one thing, uh, and the, the pandemic and, you know, the, um, there's been so much fear that's happened Real or not, I'm not going to get into that, but are we there comforting people? Do we give them hope? Do we have hope in our own hearts? Can we walk into a situation where it seems scary or depressing and give a person hope? We have to be able to find that hope in our own hearts. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Did you understand? Let your light so shine. But you don't take a light and you, 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 you stick it down in a, in a pit in the ground. They don't take a lighthouse and dig a, a hole and stick the lighthouse down in the ground and cover it up. They stick a lighthouse on a, a tall building that shines out to the sea. There's a purpose for it. The light that shines is not for the lighthouse. The light that shines is for the ships needing direction, needing hope. The ships that are in the storm need hope. They need to see something. We are to be the lighthouse. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works. Now we go, oh, well, but it's God. It's God's work. Well, of, course, of course it is. We never thought it was your works anyway. You're not that great. Neither am I. It's his works, yes, but let your works be known. So when you go into a situation, you know that it's him doing it. We know that. You don't have to say, I'm, I'm not awesome, I'm not awesome. That's pride. That's being afraid that your glory is somehow... Just show his glory. Be the lighthouse. Shine hope out to sea in the middle of the storm. Because we are founded on a rock. We really are. Nothing can move it. Nothing can shake the rock we're standing on. Romans 13.12 says, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I love that verse. The light of God is described as armor. He says the night is far spent. Cast off the works of darkness. Put on light as an armor. We are kept safe by the light of God. See, we don't produce the light. The light isn't coming from you. Personally, it's not coming from your own goodness. It's not coming from how amazing you are. It's coming from Him. 
And that light, his light protects us. We can walk into situations that are dangerous. We can walk into situations that can be, it, without his light would be life-threatening. But with his light, it's not even, we, we don't even have fear. In verse 13 then, it says, Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So do you understand those two verses are the description of how we walk in light? Very clear. I'm going to read them again. Let us walk properly. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. See, that's a decision that we make. Putting on Christ is our choice. It's not an accident. It's not something that just happens to us. Well, I was born again, so I put on Christ. No, that's a decision you make. Because you either clothe yourself with light or with darkness. You either allow the light out or you hide it. It's only hidden by works of darkness. We stand at a crossroad every day, multiple times a day. We are constantly faced with the decision to cast off the darkness or to welcome the darkness. It's presented to us. Now this does is, this is not change or affect whether you are born again. You understand, being born again is, a, is having your spirit joined with the very spirit of God, creating a new creature inside of you, a new spirit. That new spirit is born again, whether it's revealed to the world or not. See, the enemy wants you to think that, well, you messed up, so just, you're done. You are no more, you're no longer eligible as a child of God. What he doesn't realize is that every time he does this, every time he tries to convince us, the Spirit of God reminds us on the inside, a voice the devil cannot hear, that's not true. You are a son of God. Stand up, son of God. Stand up, man of God. Be right. Cast off the darkness. It's right in the middle of the problems we find ourselves in or we have walked into willfully. Right in the middle of that problem, the Lord says, stand up. Stand up. Neither do I condemn you. Stand up. Don't, don't lay on the floor as if you're nothing. You're my son. Stand up. Be righteous. Be righteous. Not by your own, but because I'm righteous and I'm in you. Stand up. Arise. The call that we have comes from the Lord himself, and he continually does it. He's merciful and gracious. You didn't have to get perfect to be born again to start with. So why do we think we need to run away from God the moment we make a mistake? You weren't perfect, and he saved you. He made you born again with a lot of problems. He didn't run away from you, and he won't. Somehow we've been given the idea that God, our Father, wants nothing to do with us if we've made a mistake of any kind. That's the key. We go. He's my father. He will never run away from me. So I won't run away from him. Run to him. The sooner you learn to do that, the sooner you can walk in victory. And the sin no longer has effect over you. See, the focus on the sin gives it power. The focus on the father gives him power. 
in our lives and dissolves the power of the sin. Remember, he's, he's your father. He's the safest place you can run to. He is light, and that light is your armor. The light of God exposes the darkness and frees us from the grip of darkness. Darkness cannot hold us when we walk in the light. Like I said before, America is called to be a righteous nation for a moral and righteous people. This call went out, the Revolutionary War, John Peter Muhlenberg, stood in front of his church. He was part of the, what was called then the Black Robe Regiment. And he had his black robe as the, as the minister. And he said, there's a call, there's a mission that we have as a country. We are forming a country. And he pulled off his black robe and he had an officer's uniform of the Continental Army. And he led, he said, who's with me? We are going on a mission that God has given to us Who's with me? And he took 300 men from that church. And they went and joined the Continental Army. He was one of many pastors who led their people into the Revolutionary War and did the formation, the, the, the freedom. They fought for the freedom of this country. And it was not just so they could be free. It was so the message of the gospel would have the freedom to go out, to expand and to flourish. The message of the gospel has flourished because America has been here. And the enemy is afraid of it. He's trying to take it out with communism. That communism has been around for a long time, and it's all about fear, manipulation, and control. It's about domination. It has nothing to do with doing what's right. In fact, they would, they would laugh in the face of doing what's right because that's weak in their mind. That is what is trying to take over this country. So we stand in the face of it. And we said no. We said no. No, we are a moral and a righteous people. We will not, not allow evil in our country. I'm involved with something that will be changing the face of higher education because of something that happened uh, with higher education. Joshua is in uh, at Kent State University. And they, there was a class that, that assigned a textbook that was terrible. It was horrible. Graphic. Graphically sexual and violent and all this junk. And so Joshua said, I'm not reading this. Talk about training up your children the way you should go. That's my son. For real. And, and he said, I'm not putting this in my heart. And so... There's been a lot of things that have happened over the last several months, but I've been asked to sit on a uh, task force or a group with Ohio uh, House Representatives members and possibly senators and, and other representatives from state colleges, community colleges, and some parents. So I get to be on there as one of the parents. And we are forming a rating system for all higher education classes, not just for Kent State. Kent State has been terrible in this process. They, they totally said, oh, there's nothing we can do. And they have a goal of pushing um, all of this terrible stuff. So they're going to be stopped. Because good people started with one good young man, and other good people, the Speaker of the House said, I commend that young man, and we are not letting this drop. 
we are taking this. And they were holding all of the funding, $130 million for Kent State that the state of Ohio gives them. They held all of that money until Kent State made all of these changes to the way they present their classes. And that was just the beginning. It's like movie ratings now. This is going to change higher education in every college in Ohio. And hopefully it gets transferred to every college in the country because of one good man who said, I'm not going to do that. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 5.13 says, But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now is our time. Now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. Now is the time. Expose the works of darkness. Arise, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Don't get caught up in looking for sal salvation in anywhere else but Jesus. If we look for salvation in, uh, you name it, there's all sorts of stories going on. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is a, oh, this is our salvation. It's not. It's not. Not saying that some of those things may not even be true. I don't care. That's not my salvation. My salvation is in Jesus, and I will stand against the enemy. I will stand against those who try to steal an election. I will stand against the enemy coming against our country with communism. But I will not look just to our country as my salvation. I am standing for our country because of the, the freedom and the liberty I have in me regardless. It's the freedom in me and in you that brings freedom to our country. It's not the freedom in our country that makes you free. It's the freedom and liberty in you because of the Spirit of God. So stand for truth. Stand for righteousness. So this call, uh, I, I want to end this time with a song. And it's really, I want to read the words to this song first before we sing it. Davy and I went through it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's called Same Power by Jeremy Camp. And what, what was... Uh, I think what was so amazing to me is that you have this person who writes a song, and I don't know how long this song's been out, but when I read it now, I go, man, this is really applicable right now. So this is an invitation. Every one of you, I want you to stand up, and I want you to join me. And as we sing this song, I want you to make your declaration. But I want to read the words first. I can see waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing out. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave the same power that commands the dead to wake lives in us. Lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks. The same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us. 
lives in us. We have hope that his promises are true. In his strength, there is nothing we can't do. Yes, we know there are greater things in store. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. And then the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us. Lives in us. And then the bridge. Greater is he that is living in me. He's conquered our enemy. No power of darkness. No weapon prevails. We stand here in victory. Now, these are awesome words. I want you to declare this as we sing it. Let your soul sing. Don't just sing with your brain and your mind right now and, your, and just in your body. Let your soul sing. Believe this. This is who he has created us to be. He has created us to stand in the face of evil and to say, no, I know who I am. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. So let's sing this together. And then as we, I don't know how we're going to end this, but um, I may just end it with a prayer. But you guys know this song, um, sing out. If you don't, then learn it.
and giving life and hope to those around us. Father, I pray that this message would resonate in the hearts of every one of us, that we would hear your call to arise and to awake and to expand your kingdom, to show your glory, to bring answers where there are no answers in other people's hearts and in their minds, to show them what revealing of the sons of God looks like. Father, I pray that we would stand in the face of the enemy, not because of our own power and strength, but because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.